Give to Barrett. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop, starts 10 5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. Throws end zone. It is caught. What a play back there in the back of the end zone by TJ Hawkinson. You're listening to the One Pride Cast. Welcome into another One Pride Cast. Did I say that correctly? Is that what you call it, the Pride Cast? One Pride Cast. Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Instead of one podcast? Yeah, okay. One Pride Cast. Yeah. Great. Yeah, this is Danny Rogers, joined by the one and only DetroitLions.com writer, Mike O'Hara. We're coming off of a tie. Yeah. It doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't. How, but how does a loss sit? Honestly, it kind of feels the same. Doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It, it, I think it depends. You know, okay. for example, and this is kind of hypothetical, but if you're in week 15 and your record is, let's say, what it would be nine and six, yeah, and you're fight, you know, you're in the playoff hunt, and you get a tie, okay, because it's position, and you might you might make the playoffs. It could be, yeah. I you mean, understand would what it I really but, help but this you? This leads though? to well, it could. Okay. It wouldn't hurt though. You know, yeah, yeah, it can help you if you've got like a game and a half lead on somebody else. Okay. But just out in the middle of your season, and you're trying to win, and you really should have won the game, you know, a couple of kicks get missed. You know, I mean, the poor kid lost his job. Lost, he literally lost his job, lost Ryan Fitoso. Yeah, well, that's the height of, of the of the competition. It that's is. Sort of the I way was it thinking is. about it. It was crazy because you know, as a quarterback, you can go in and throw about three or four interceptions a game and have your job the next Sunday. But if you're a kicker and you miss a PAT and you miss a field goal in overtime and y'all tie. You do not get another opportunity with that same team. Well, it's sad. Yeah, this uh, this is my old theory goes back a long ways, like everything in my life does. But I th- when things are going bad, and I'm just talking about pro football now. Yeah. The three things they look at: head coach, quarterback, kicker, <sighs> because they're the most they're the most visible people. Right. You would have a pretty good team. Guy misses an extra point and a field goal. Comes back the next week and misses again. Sayonara. Bye. Head coach, of course. You know, they get changed during the season and all that happens all the time. And quarterbacks get either benched or scrutinized or put under, you know, hey, you better. You yeah. better this, you better that. So I'm not surprised that Santoso got, got released and they signed a new kicker because that's, you know that's the way it is. Yeah, I think, I think uh, after Sunday we knew that. It was no surprise when Dan Campbell said Signed that. Signed a, a couple, kickers. yeah, that's right. What yeah. do you have, a kicking relay? <laughs> They're about to. I really want to know. Um, we will get to talk with Coach Fit. So I want to know what his thoughts are on the new kicker. I mean, I was on the sidelines there in overtime at Heinz Field, and uh, Coach Fit came over and, you know, patted Santoso on the shoulder. I couldn't make out what he said to him, but it was encouraging words. I could tell that, but Santoso, he he was down, no longer on the squad. He was released as of uh, Wednesday. So Lions have now signed kicker Riley Patterson to the active roster from the New England practice squad. Right. And they've also signed kicker Aldrich Rosas to the practice squad as well. Um, like I said, kicking relay. You yeah. Know, he's going to kick it to Riley's going to kick it to the other guy at the twenty-five, and he's going to take it the rest of the way. Yep. And if you're wondering, don't drop where, the baton. Don't just no one just don't drop anything and please get the kick off the ground. That's all we ask. You know, and sometimes you know, uh, Danny and I'm look. I'm not an expert on kicking, but uh, I was watching a game at home on or not at home on on TV because I don't travel much anymore. And 
the camera was focused on Santoso, and you could tell he was uncomfortable in that spot. Yeah. Like some guys run out there and they just can't wait. You know, they went, right. I want to, I'm going to make this. I can't wait. Come so you're saying he was un- uncomfortable, what, walking out, running Uncomfortable out period in that moment. In the field the goal in, or PAT? Uh, the field goal. Okay. PAT, I didn't barely notice, but, but he didn't miss, neither one was close. Yeah, they both were. Thing. They both were like sh- shot off to what the right. What are you doing? But the st- there was no form, there was no real technique, you know, on, on, on the field goal. Here I am, you know. Yeah, the field goal expert. Kick, yeah, kick the field goal expert. expert. If you're wondering where I, Austin Seibert is, the Lions kicker. He was a good one. He was a good one. Uh, he is, yeah, he's uh, he's sitting this one out for a while. He has a right hip injury, so that's a For alarming. a right-legged kicker, that's probably not good. Not right? good. I don't know what else is worse besides a foot injury than a, than a hip injury for a kicker. You got to close the hips, right? I guess. Or maybe a sore toe, sore big toe on your kicking foot. That, that that would just be awful for any human in general, honestly. Um, the only good thing about for, for, for him, though, Cybert, is he's on the payroll. He's on the payroll, but yeah. he's on IR, so right. he will be out for at least three weeks. Yeah. Lions are going to have to do without him. I don't him. mean to be callous when I say that, but at least he's getting paid. We, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are humans. They have This yeah. is their Ladies and gentlemen, jobs. this is a job. This yeah. is a job, fam, and you need to do well at it. Mm. Sometimes you get injured while you do it. Okay, that's enough of this pit talk. I mean, yeah, I am not okay with the tie. I feel like most of the team okay. is okay with down. the tie. And I'm okay with it. You're okay with it? I'm okay with it. At least it. At least the Detroit Lions are not going to be the first 0-17 team. Really, though, like. Yeah, really, <sighs> because you know what? It's going to. First of all, I don't think they're going to be 0-16 and one. Correct. I think. I gonna, think you're right. I think they're going to win a couple coming. I think home. so too. But I, I, I like the way they played. I, yeah. I liked how hard they played. Is I that a hot just, take? That they're going to win a couple games. Is it? A, what's your hot? What's your hot take for the rest my of the season? My hot take. That's hot. Yes. Lukewarm well, hot take. I didn't realize I was hot. Um, it, I just, I just think they will because there's sort of an inevitability of these things. That they will win a couple games. Yeah, and I kept saying that in 2008, Danny, and I was stone cold. So should you be saying that right now? Yeah, yeah, if okay. I want, yeah, yeah. I think they'll win Say a couple. What you want. I think they'll beat the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, take down Denver later in the season at Denver. Wouldn't shock me. And I think there, there's another win in there. I heard maybe Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah, yeah I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that, Dan, because, uh, you know, Lindsay Miller, our, our boss, our managing editor in the division I work in, had me uh, during the bye week break down the next, was it nine teams or ten teams? Oh, wow. And I thought, I had three winnable games. Okay. I mean, absolute winnable, yeah. Chicago, Denver, and Atlanta. Listen, there's been a few winnable games. Well, I thought, you know, the two of the games I thought would be close were close, and that was was the, uh, the Ravens and yep. the Vikings, and they're both, you know, right? what I call white knuckle flights, ah. you know, just couldn't land the plane. I know. Okay. So you, you didn't have the Browns in there. These Browns are beat up. We're going into week 11, man. Well, this was before they were so beaten to right. death. You know, look, I, I went on the, I'm sure you do the same thing. I went on the, on the uh, Browns website yeah. Monday afternoon. And it's it, alarming. Are you talking about the practice report? Well, that, and, but what I'm also, I, I was listening to a Baker Mayfield's Monday press conference. Correct. And he almost needed help to get up to the, you know, get, get up to the podium. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people are putting a lot on Baker Mayfield, and that's the way it is. He's he the has a torn labrum, though, since week two. Yeah, I know. No, look, I don't think anyone's questioning his heart and his guts. Just like when Matthew Stafford was here, I agree. we knew that he would show up on Sunday at one o'clock or four o'clock or seven thirty, whatever, whatever was kickoff. Mm-hmm. And I think Baker's the same way. He's, he had to know. He had to look. He tapped out for one game this year. Right. It must have been excruciating because yeah. I don't. That's not his mo at right. all. 
but a lot of things have caught up to him physically, and I think in some ways maybe the game has caught up to him a little bit, the way, the way people are playing the Browns. This was a team that had all of this, all of this, this great talent going into the season. Yep. Where is it? Well, one, I mean, where is one it? went to L.A. <laughs> yeah, right. OBJ going to L.A. And couldn't wait to just let a ball go so the other team could intercept know. it. You know, just, it, you know it, was, it was sort of like throwing a stick to a cat. Right. You throw it, you get it. I know. It wasn't a great Sunday for L.A. But no. looking at this practice report for the Browns, um, as of Wednesday, 13 Browns players are on this practice report. That's a ton. 13. Yes, I know we're in week 11, but that's a lot. And if you look next to Baker Mayfield, who did not practice as of Wednesday, he's got left shoulder. Foot, knee on this practice. Both report. knees. But it has one knee on here. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's maybe that's all he has left. <laughs> I, that might be at this rate. But there's what? It's five, seven players that did not practice Wednesday. And in comparison, yes, every a lot of teams are beat up right now. Lions had four players not practicing uh, Wednesday, and we have what four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. On the practice report. Yeah. So Browns are somehow a little more beat up than the Lions right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, Danny, I think we, look, we know our team better than, than, we, than we know the mm-hmm. Browns. So I can tell you, like, for example, when DeAndre Swift is listed as whatever, probable or something. Shoulder like that. today. Okay, but he's going to play. Yes. You know, we, we, saw, we see him walking off the field after practice. We mm-hmm. know he Tracy Walker. Perfect, but he's okay. Yeah, same thing. Concussion protocol, however, he was practicing Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Limited practice. Jamal Williams, he looked great Boy, on the sidelines of Pitt. They could have used him. I oh know. my god! Could just, you imagine if just, you had four running backs in yeah, there that just, were actually producing? And one's a veteran, you know, who's you know he's not going to give up the ball. No. I was a little bit surprised, sort of just more in retrospect than anything else, that that they had five running plays in overtime, and all five were for for, De- for DeAndre Swift. Right. I thought he was a little bit gassed. He had thirty-three, oh, he was. thirty-three carries. Yep. And that was, those were numbers, if I've got this right, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33. Yep. I think he was a little little bit leg-weary by that point. Absolutely. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's, you know, Godwin Iguabuque takes one 32 yards to the house. Took it to the house. house. I mean, come on. For his first ever touchdown of his career, you know, maybe a little, little action overtime. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I, but maybe because of maybe lack of experience, whatever, they didn't want to take a chance. Okay. Yeah. Every time you hand the ball off, it's a chance. This is 100% true. However, I do uh, feel a lot better with the offensive line that's in there too. now handing the ball off. I do too. And I think, look, I'll just give Evan Brown, the center, some props. He is a pro's pro. Yeah. Anybody think he would do what he's doing? I don't. Oh, my. He, he is so he, cool, calm, and like confident, yeah. though. Every time he steps up to the podium, like he has to speak a ton. And I listen every time he opens I his mouth. I do too. Yes. I do too, and he just hangs. The last dog is hung. The last question is mm-hmm. done. He's not ducking anything. He's yeah. not Frank Ragnow, okay? No. But just be a good average center, and now they've got their other four guys. I think he's above guys. average now. Yeah, I think so. But they've now they've got the four of their five guys. Look, going into the season, we thought that the offensive line would be the strength of this team. I know. And I think now it probably is with four of the five. I I think so too. And I thought Taylor Decker played fine. Nothing glaring, you know. He hasn't played a snap right. in what, fifteen weeks? Right. Yeah, I think that's it's, well. Yeah, something pre-season. like that. Yeah. Well, no, he got. I think he got hurt the, the week of the start of the regular season. I think. Correct. Okay. Game game wise. We have to re, re, rejigger our math. I here. know. I know. I think math we're down is to very hard. It's <laughs> it's close. Rejigger to like by four the way months. is a technical term. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, Taylor Decker was in there. Penny Sewell moved back over to right tackle. Yeah. Did not skip a beat. Like. There was just a moment, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna get fired up here where people were just 
they were they were given a, a hard time to Penesul, the rookie specimen offensive lineman, because he was taking some lumps as a rookie Hello? in the NFL, yeah. starting on yeah. the off. He was 20 years old. What <laughs> yeah, are we right. doing? So now he moves over to right tackle, allows zero quarterback pressures, zero quarterback sacks. Look, Penny Sewell is, is first of first and foremost as a football player. Yes, you could probably tell take Penny Sewell and say, Penn, take a couple snaps at fullback, would you please?" Please do it. He will do it. Yeah, and, and he'll I, do it. Oh, I've he'll never do it played great. it. Just just play football, and he'd, he'd find a way. He would. Yeah. Now I'm not going to say he could play wide receiver, but he could probably take a, like like an emergency tight end or something like yeah. that because he's just a football player. Yeah. Give that big that. man the ball. Let's go. Yeah. We'll go back to Refrigerator Perry back in 1985 with the Bears. We got our own refrigerator. Uh, this is before your time. I know, I know. I think I know. Cut that I out. think I know what you're talking about. I'm not going to cut it out. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, that's that's the kind of player he is. I he, know. Can, he can just do things. And he's going to have to do things against this Cleveland Browns defense that took some lumps against the New England Patriots. Yeah. Let them score about 45 what, four? of them. Jeez. They score seven, first at seven nothing. Seven. Answer or seven unanswered touchdowns. What are we doing? <laughs> so I think there's a lot that this and they line, scored first. That's the thing, and they uh, think they're rolling. Great hot start. Yeah, seven and zero, and then you let New England yeah. Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, go down there and score seven on their nine drives. But but his coach Bill Belichick is not a rookie coach. We know that he is. I don't know if I can say it, that. It, it's, it's pretty, is he the number one coach in the NFL? I'm he? asking because I'm not going to. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Far, great, yeah. say it. Yeah. Right. He might. He might, be, he might be the best head coach of any team sport in North America. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough with that. I don't even... Well, okay. I, mean, I was just going to add one thing. By yes. the way, my first year on the beat here with the Detroit Lions was Bill Belichick's second year as an assistant coach here. In, in Detroit. In Detroit, wow. yeah. yeah. Man. Now he went. You could just tell that he was destined for something. I'm not saying he's going to be a great coach. Did he have that tell. same demeanor here? When... Focus. Okay. Yeah, That's focus. what we're going to call that. Focus okay. and desire. Yeah, he really did. Wow. Desire to coach. Man, okay. I need to know what do the Lions need to do in order to get a win against these beat up Browns at their home at their home stadium. Well, one of the things they did last week was run the ball, run it again. Ran it a lot. Yeah, they ran. For they ran it and they ran yards. it some more. And when it was going, it was going. They kept it going. Right. Nothing like, get, wrong with put that. Put the happy man formation in. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I was surprised to see that, and and didn't know that's what they were going to do. But they and they would have done it more if Walter if. if um, Nelson hadn't gotten hurt. I think yes. if he had played more snaps, he would have run it more. I think. Yep. Three tight end packages thrown in there too. Yeah. A and, lot. And you know they went with their what I think is their strength. Look, the passing game is not their strength. It, it's, their, it's not. It's their Lions account. are a little one dimensional right now on offense. Okay, but make it that if it's a good dimension, go with it. I don't, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that was that was fine. Look, they had three guys produce. You know, Jermar uh, uh, Jefferson. Yep. The rookie, Wade Weekly, we already mentioned, and yep. of course uh, uh, Swift. Yeah, they all produced. That's that's that means you got something going up front. I mean, they were moving the line of scrimmage, a yard, a yard and a half, yes. two yards. That's that's a big deal in the for NFL. players who have not played a lot. Yeah, coach still considers DeAndre Swift a rookie because he did not play a lot his rookie season. So it's just listen. There, we know there's a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna good let, let's take, when, when coach does his pre next press, he'll tap on the shoulder and say, no, he's not a rookie. I know. You can trust him. He also he also uh, calls Amani Oruarie. What a great bearded man. I like him. Yeah, I really do. I've liked him from the beginning. Three years in the NFL. One of the most experienced guys in the secondary. It's but I, I like him a lot. He's, he's, he's just got a certain feel for the game. Yes. And, and a certain He plays with, I think, an inner confidence. And, yes. And, and from play to play. For example, uh, early in the game against, against uh, uh, the Steelers, 
gets called for pass interference. And even yeah. the announcers, and look, Dan Miller on radio, the announcers on TV all said the same thing. If he turns around and looks for the ball, just, he, there's no penalty. Just a tiny bit. And he knew better. Eight series later or whatever it is, yep. same play, it looked like the same play, turns around, gets a pass breakup, no penalty. Like, yeah. He, he played it like he'd gone home and studied it for a I month. Know. But no, like that he did it. Like that. That's, and me, that's I, I mean, I don't like to give a whole lot of love to Penn State, but Penn State product. Why not? Because, well, I guess we can this season. Because <laughs> the Wolverines might be talking about the, the Michigan Ohio State might. game next week. Yes, we are. I get to talk with Chris Spielman in our little internal podcast yeah. that the world doesn't get to hear. I'll let you hear it, though. Um, but, yeah. What okay. do you mean internal podcast? Isn't it for people to listen to? It's for it's for Lions employees. So you are a Lions employee. So I will send you the link. Well, not technically I'm not an employee. I'm a, I'm a hangers-on. I mean, whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> I'm a hanger-on. I think you work at the Lions. I hope so. Because you're always at the building. I don't, even, I don't even have any fingernails left. I'm just I'm oh hanging on. God. Someone get this man out of the building. Okay. I need your bet MGM pick. We're keeping this one short and sweet because safety will Harris. You guys will get to hear from him. And I had an awesome interview with him. He goes into the meaning of biting the ball and what that play when he forced a fumble in overtime with eight seconds left, how that embodied this squad um, in this season so far. So, Mike O'Hara, your bet MGM pick. Let's hear it. Well, I, look, I this was not one of the winnable games four weeks ago or three weeks ago whenever yeah. I wrote that column. I think it is now, but I still think it's it's more of a winnable game for the Cleveland Browns. But they are beaten up in areas where they kind of pile on each other. I think losing, I, I think losing OBJ was probably a good thing for that team. It's probably not a good thing for the offense, but it hasn't been. You know, he hasn't been part of that to any great degree. If they get Nick Chubb back, it makes life a lot tougher for the Detroit Lions. Right. He's on the COVID-19 list right now. We won't know for a second. Right. Jarvis Landry, one of the toughest, most determined players at any position, not just wide receiver in the Battling league. Battling any injury, Kurt. Right. Exactly. I'm going to have to take the take the Browns in this game. Something very similar to last week. My pick was 23-20. Okay. I think it's going to be more like 26-23. But the Detroit Lions, uh, once again, I'll use this phrase, white-knuckle flight right to the end. They'll be in it right to the finish, right okay. to the absolute finish. Like a Thai finish? We'll have some Thai food. Uh, I love Thai food. We already talked about this. We love <laughs> Thai food. Everyone send in your Thai recommendations. But I like uh, I like the Lions to keep it close. I, they really do. I think they learned their lesson against, you would hope, against, against the Eagles before the bye. Ooh, Remember we talked the about being, being, the being des- desperate to win a game, and this is a game they're going to win. Never in the game. Never. Head coach Dan Campbell says this group is actually very determined. So we'll see how determined they are against those Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m., First Energy Stadium this Sunday. Oh, boy. Big Week 11 matchup. Who's going to get it done? Okay. That was Mike O'Hara. I'm Danny Rogers. Um, stay tuned. Safety Will Harris is going to come on and, and talk about what biting the ball means in case you cannot pick up what that might mean. He's up next. Stay tuned for the One Pridecast. Create a fun, unique, and unforgettable outing for a group of 10 or more at the next Lions home game. Visit DetroitLions.com backslash groups to purchase or contact us directly at 313-262-2222 to save on ticket prices, get priority locations, and receive a group giveaway item. Well, I've got to take you back to 
Pittsburgh Steelers game when you forced a fumble in overtime with eight seconds left. And I was talking to your head coach, Dan Kimmel, this week. He said that play stood out to him almost the most out of any play that game because the hustle and when it happened embodies this team. So take me back. What was going through your mind when uh, you made that big play? Um, well, you know, obviously, you know, being in overtime, uh, we had already forced, you know, a fumble. Um, a lot of times you could say that those are contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a critical point in the game. And, um, you know, really I was just trying to stop the guy from getting out of bounds, trying to, uh, you know, pretty much uh, stop him from getting out of bounds and stopping the clock. Um, so I just cut through his outside leg and, um, you know, was able to get the ball out. But, you know, that means a lot to me, especially, you know, coming from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it's 100% right. That is what this team embodies and, you know, everything this team is about. So I was just trying to do my part. Does the phrase bite the ball have a whole new meaning for you? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because you, you put in so many reps, you know, at it during, you know, during practice and you rep it and you rep it and you rep it and you just never know, you know, when the opportunity, um, you know, happens in the game. Um, so, you know, that it, it kind of, you know, repping it in practice kind of, uh, kind of makes it seem, you know, just natural, like a natural movement in the game. So um, I'm glad it happened, and I'm glad I was able to be there for my team. What's your best demonstration of biting the ball for those who might not know? <laughs> Literally just putting your face, the front of your face mask, um, you know, obviously keeping your head up, but just putting your face on the ball, trying to time it up perfectly um, to where when you tackle a guy, of course you're using great form, but you're also targeting um, the guy's carrying hand. So if his hands on the right and he's, you know, going heading towards the sidelines, you're trying to really cross, uh, put your face on the other side of his body um, so that if he does cut back, you can, you know, you got your, you know, your right, your inside shoulder as well. And you just, you know, um, that's, you know, probably the easiest way, especially when a guy is trying to square you up um, to get the ball out because, you know, one, he's not expecting it Two, mm-hmm. you know, we're coming with so much force, you know, with our, you know, with our helmet in the front of our face mask. So you've got to be like fearless in those kind of scenarios, right? I mean, yeah, there's a, you know, there's, there's an aspect of that, but at the same time, you know, this is why we play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since we've, since a lot of us have first signed up for this game when we were, you know, playing back in Pee Wee, this is, you know, what we were signing up for. So, um, yes, in a sense, um, there's a, you know, fearlessness in there, but at the same time, it's, uh, like I said, once you rep it so many times, it's, uh, you know, it becomes habit and it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. Well. A lot of players in the NFL will never know what it's like to tie a football game. We talked about it. Your rookie year, you were part of another tie. So what are the emotions once the scoreboard hits zero on the clock and the dang scores are the same? Right. Um, it's weird. I'll say that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really weird because as competitors, you know, as all of us are, you know, you want to win the game. You want to come away uh, knowing that you, you know, won the game and all of the you know, hard work and, you know, attention to detail you did, you know, you put in throughout the week, you know, results, you know, in a win. And mm-hmm. that's what ultimately we play this game for. We play to win the game. Um, but, so, you know, so when you come out with a tie, um, the reason I say it's weird is because you didn't win, but you didn't lose either. So it's just very, you know, like I said, it's very anticlimactic, um, you know, when you really think about it. But, um, you know, it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to build on, you know, from that game. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that, um, you know, I think we, you know, as a team, we did right. Um, and there's still some things that, you know, we have to clean up. And so, um, you know, I'm just super excited to, you know, get back to work like we've been doing and um, continue to build, um, you know, kind of on the momentum that uh, we've started to gain a little bit in that game. 
Coach Campbell says this team is determined going into this Cleveland Browns game. So just like you mentioned, there's a lot to build off of. What do you really need to hone in on against these Browns come Sunday? Right. I mean, we really have to hone in on the fundamentals, really. Um, they're a very, you know, fundamentally sound team. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this whole outfit, you know, kind of, uh, kind of brands themselves on this, a lot of the same, you know, factors that we, that we brand ourselves off of, you know, mm -hmm. toughness, grit, um, you know, determination, you know, they got a lot of that, you know, on, the, on their side of the ball as well. So at the end of the day, you know, we got to uh, bring our, our hard hat, you know, all week um, for practice and be ready to execute the plan um, and, you know, all work as one, you know, on Sunday and just all be fundamentally sound because at the end of the day, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, so we, we got to do it, you know, you know, we're best at too. So mm -hmm. it'll be fun. When you say tough and gritty, my mind's going to uh, – sort of a veteran on this team that you can learn from Tracy Walker. I mean, he had some big hits against mm -hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what can you learn from from watching him go out and practice and really improve his game now that he's in year four, you're uh, year, in year three? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, someone I always I, I spend, you know, the most of my time with, you know, him being on the other side of me is that, um, you know, I, I feed off of him, you know, a lot of times he feeds off of me and, you know, it's it's it's. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, explain it. I don't have a certain word for it, but, you know, when I see him make some of those hits, you know, that, that inspires me um, to go out and, you know, let it rip myself. And, you know, we have a lot of those conversations, like, in the huddle, like, on the sideline, like, like all right, like, you got you got you a few hits in the first quarter. I'm going to come right back. I'm going to have me some uh, some hits in the second quarter. So um, it's that, you know, that inner uh, that inner competition um, between us and between everybody, in, in, you know, in the DB room, um, which I think that uh, – fires us all up and you know makes us better competitors as you know as a whole is the fact that we in a lot of times a lot of instances um we have a healthy competition with each other so um but yeah he always comes to work and you know his his attention to detail is you know is great and yeah. he's a great teammate and a great guy you know off the field so I'm super close with Tracy and I'm you know I'm happy for him and uh, can't wait to strap it up with him again mm -hmm. this team has to be fired up if you you guys are going into 11 days playing three games first off how taxing is that mentally and physically for you um you know I, I think you just got to break it down um and just focus on you know as players um obviously you know the coaching staff and everyone upstairs you know they kind of think of it you know a little different as you know they're planning and you know game planning and strategizing uh, towards different weeks but mm -hmm. you know as a player you kind of just break it down to you know one game seasons like we we're you know last week we focus on Pittsburgh you know this week we we're you know focus you know solely on Cleveland nothing else in the world matters mm -hmm. um, other than Cleveland um, and then after that uh, we'll get to you know whoever else is after that you know after after the fact but right now it's everyone in this building is just Cleveland 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 so mm -hmm. um, yeah we're just pressing towards that. What's the one thing this team has to do if they want to get a win over Cleveland? Keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Keep fighting. Um, clears that, and that's something that um, you know we've been doing, and that's something that we'll continue to do. That's one thing I'll say about this team is that there's 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 no lack of fight in this mm -hmm. team, and you know just um, you know once you keep fighting like that and keep playing with the ball, you know back against the wall mentality. I mean, you know it's got to break at some point. It's, de it's definitely going to break. So I'm super excited about that, and. Um, I love playing with these guys because mm -hmm. they keep fighting and, you know, I keep giving everything I have as well. So. Rory's Cub Club registration is back open for the 2021 season. Get your children in the official Detroit Lions fan club for kids up to age 14. 
Each Cub Club registration comes with a membership kit filled with one-of-a-kind Detroit Lions items, plus exclusive events and ticket discounts. Visit DetroitLions.com slash Cub Club to sign up now. That was the One Pridecast. I'm Danny Rogers. A new episode drops every Friday. Thanks for tuning in.